0: The Broken Meeple, Season 3, Episode 5, recorded the 18th of May, 2019. The Broken Meeple Podcast, a show devoted to board games, card games, and the people who play them. Sit back and enjoy, and remember, it's only a game. Hold on, another podcast so soon? Well, I said I was on audit, so therefore I do need to get some more content out, and some topics have come up recently which just warrant an episode, so why not? I told you I wanted to do this more often for you guys, so what are you complaining about? Hey guys, and welcome to another podcast episode. Yes, so soon? What gives? Well, two reasons. Firstly, the audit I'm on. I have to do this uh, big two-week-long audit for work. It's pretty draining. I've just finished the first week of it. I am mentally exhausted. You know, and uh, obviously, I want to get some content up for the next week while I'm still away. And it's I might be able to get one other video done, but it's hard to get that many videos done on a weekend when you're really trying to rest. But I don't want to have a week with nothing, because that's not fair on you guys. So what I thought I'd do was another podcast episode, at least for kickoff. Maybe if I'm lucky, I can get a top ten done, but we'll see. But, of course, what am I going to talk about? Well, conveniently, there's two very big topics to talk about today, actually. And no, not the UK Games Expo. I already did that last session. I'll do one after the UK Games Expo finishes. So, for now, just um, hmm, ignore the ice cream van outside, but you probably can't hear it anyway. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll talk about that later. So, two topics today, two discussion topics, because I have not played any games lately, because I've been stuck on this wretched audit, but... Basically, first of all, a Facebook thread where I was I put up my video for the Journeys in Middle Earth review, the Lord of the Rings One by fancy Flight. Love the game. Spoiler alert, but. It always sparks the debate, oh, but I don't like games where there's an app, it's just not worth it. And um, I just want to address a lot of the criticisms. I mean, there's pros and cons to having app-based games. Of course, you know me, I'm a big lover of apps and board games, so naturally I'm more on that side of things. But I want to address the criticisms give my feedback, you know, like, what do I think of these criticisms, do some of them hold merit, are some of them just, like, seriously, what you want, and are there some legit concerns that should be made with regards to app games? But that's not the only thing. First off, I want to talk about... We've just recently had the nominations announced for the Dice Tower Awards. This is a committee that I'm part of as well, so I have given my nomination, like, votes for these. We have not yet voted on them though, okay, that that will come later, and I'm... well, maybe I'll drop a few hints in this podcast as to which ones I personally vote for. It's not like it's gonna skew the votes, there's like a couple of thousand of us, I mean, it's a pretty big group. So, it's not like I'm going to sway the vote here, but certainly, I've had a look at these nominations, and for the most part, they're pretty good. Yeah, they're pretty good actually. There's a lot better than last year. Um, I've, I've, well, saying that the Dice Tower Awards I actually feel does a pretty good job most of the time. Uh, you know, it sounds like I'm being harsh, but awards, you know, it's always hit and miss with awards. But certainly a lot better than say the Golden Geek Awards, which I feel are a little bit skewed. But the Guys, Tower Awards are pretty sweet, and this year I think we've got some solid nominations in these various categories. So I'm just going to go quickly through the categories, let you know what they are, and give my general quick impressions as to what I think of the nominations that were eventually done. So let's start at the bottom of this list. Most... oh, sorry, hit the microphone there. Most Innovative Game Nominees. Okay, let's see what we got here. Most Innovative Game... now you know me, I love innovation in games, so I am a big fan of this category and it does my head in if i see games in here that are clearly not innovative. but let's see what we got. Chronicles of Crime, Nyctophobia, Keyforge Call of the Archons, The Mind and Detective a modern crime board game. For the most part, not bad. I honestly do not know anything about Nyctophobia, okay? So i really can't c- comment on that. It's not a game i even went near. The cover looks so bad. I mean, it's literally just black with a white arm holding a bloody axe. What does that even mean? I don't even know what the word nyctophobia even means. So, yeah, I never went near that game. But Chronicles of Crime does use the app in a very cool and unique way. So I have to give props. This is a good one for the category. Uh, Keyforge was the first game to bring in the whole uh, unique deck system. So, again, innovative there. Detective Modern Crime board game. It's innovative in a way. It's a deduction game like most, although using the website as a means of doing signatures and stuff is definitely innovative. The Mind... Okay, seriously, people, what are you on? A a game where you literally just sit there in silence and don't talk. This tiny little micro game is what you call innovative. No, it just simply isn't. So, thats I don't know about Nyctophobia, so if that's a great game, then fine. Let me know in the comments what you think of that game. I'd like to know more. But, yeah. Um, This is a pretty good one, actually. Detective Keyforge or Chronicles of Crime. I could see one of those three winning easily. The Mind. If The Mind wins innovative game, I will blow my top. I seriously swear to God. Best two player games, okay. Keyforge, War Chest, Dualosaur Island, Haven, which is a new recent game by Red Raven, and Mythic Battles Pantheon. Now, I have not played the Mythic Battle game, so I can't comment on that one. I've also not played Haven, although it's Ryan Luckett, so chances are it's probably a good game. Dualosaur Island, I own and have played. It's decent. But I wouldn't really say it's award-worthy. I mean, it, it, it's a decent enough game, and I've held on to it for now, but it's it's not even going to hold a candle to something like Seven Wonders Duel. So, Keyforge and War Chest, I think it's going to be one of those two. I would be surprised if Keyforge didn't win this category, to be perfectly frank. It's a pretty sweet two-player game, but I prefer Warchest, personally. I mean, that is the where my vote would go. I really think Warchest is a great two-player game, but... Of course, I've got respect for Key as well, so either one of those two I could see winning it. Not a real problem with this category. I can't see Duelist or Island winning it, and I certainly don't see Mythic Battles winning it. Okay, best theming. Uh, this is pretty good as well, actually. Western Legends, Root, Detective, Stuffed Fables, and Chronicles of Crime. Every single one of these has got a pretty sweet theme. Though I might argue that Root's theme is a little bit less prominent than the others. Yes, you can say, oh yeah, but there's nice little critters, and there's the cats, and there's the eagles. Yeah, it all looks good, but it's a GMT game, and as I've played it, I didn't necessarily feel like I was the cats, you know, I didn't necessarily feel like I was the raccoon, or anything like that. It does play fine, and there is some theming to it, but I'd be... I'd be a bit disappointed if Root won this category, to be perfectly honest. Stuff Fables I have not played, but all I hear is good things, and the theme of it does sound pretty sweet, so no problem with that one. And of course, Chronicles of Crime, Detective, and you'll notice these two repeat themselves quite a lot on this list, and Western Legends. All of those are really good thematic games. I mean, which one would I... Chronicles of Crime I would probably put as number three. Detective, probably number... Two? I don't know. Number one, maybe. I mean, Detective is pretty good on its theme, but Western Legends probably would get my vote on this. I mean, that is just a Western sandbox game in the box. Great theming in that one. Everything looks like it should do. That or Detective's got to win this category. Okay, best strategy game. Root? Fine with that. Uh, Teotihuacan, or whatever you pronounce it, City of Gods. Yeah, I'm cool with that. Coimbra? Hmm, no, not really on that one. Underwater Cities, is eh, it's a pretty good strategic game, I'll give it that. And, of course, Brass, yeah, Brass had to be on there, didn't it? Well, like I say, I respect Brass, but I don't think it's all that. Although, one thing that does annoy me with this year, Brass being on the list in general. It says Brass Birmingham. Brass Birmingham is basically Lancashire with added beer. That's pretty much it. You can argue that, oh, yeah, but it, there's, it plays completely differently. No, it doesn't. You've changed a couple of building types, so just basically you've got different levels of income and uh, points generation, and you've got beer as an added resource. Other than that, you still have trains and canals, you still have coal mines, you still have iron, you still have cotton mills, you have, and you still have the card system, works exactly the same, you pretty much have the same game. So I just feel like Birmingham is a standalone expansion, or to be more like an expansion to Lancashire. So the idea that is appearing on this list is is kind of like, well, you're basically bringing an old game into a current list, so I'm not overly fond of that one. But best strategy game? Ooh, toss-up between Underwater Cities and Teotihuacan. If I was to pick one of the two, I honestly don't know. Teotihuacan is pretty sweet. Uh, although... I don't know, it gets a little bit samey after a while. Probably I would give this one to Underwater Cities. I like the card variation in it. It's got some great tactical play as well as strategy. I, I really like Underwater Cities. T O T Teotihuacan would easily be like a runner-up, but with the expansion, I have tested that expansion. I reckon Teotihuacan could overtake Underwater Cities with that expansion because there's some good stuff coming in that one. Okay, uh, let's try and move these, these a bit quicker. Best reprint. Fireball Island, Brass, Endeavor Age of Sail, High Society, and The Estates. I have no idea what The Estates is like, nor Endeavor Age of Sail. I don't really have much to say on this one. I mean, High Society is just a simple little card game, so I like the game, but seriously, this is what we're going to put in the best reprint category. Annoyingly, I could see Brass winning this one. I mean, Fireball Island is great. It's a great game, and I love the way they've reprinted that, so I would like to put my vote down for that one, but I would admit, as much as Brass is not my favourite game ever, if you are going to do a reprint of an old, heavy Euro with a boring theme, this is how you do it. You up the production value like crazy and put the one of the best artists I have seen on the game. Seriously, I want this artist to work on other games. Preferably some with more colour. But, oh my god, yeah, it does look nice. So, um, I mean, I'd give Brass respect if it won the reprint one, but I'd personally go Fireball Island. Party game. Um, I'm not really going to say much about this one because Frankly, there haven't been that many good party games lately. I mean, Trap Words, meh, Drop It, meh, The Mind, rubbish, Decrypto, probably the one I would give the vote to here, although I have not played just one, and I would like to play just one, but it seems not impossible to get hold of at the moment, it's, yeah, so, I don't know about this one, I'm not too fussed about that. Best game from a small publisher, Vindication, Root, Chronicles of Crime, Obsession, and Underwater Cities. When did Obsession even release? I've never seen this game. Something about, like, being in kind of Jane Austen-style living and, you know, being respectful among families. I have no idea. I have never seen this game, though. I've not seen it released. I've not seen it on retail. Where can you get this game? Seriously, it's like... And who voted it as nominations? I mean, where is it sold? Is it just US? I don't know. Root. Small publisher. Yeah. Chronicles of Crime. Is Lucky Duck Games considered a small publisher now? Because they're pretty big at the moment. I have kickstarted Vindication, but I have not yet uh, got it, so I've not played it. I could see Underwater Cities, Root, or Chronicles of Crime winning this one. Um, Personally, I would go probably Chronicles of Crime on this one. I do like that a lot. That or Underwater Cities, probably one of those. Best game from a new designer, The Quacks of Quedlinburg, Chronicles of Crime, Nyctophobia, Smartphone Inc. Again, when was this ever sold? And The Grim Forest never played. So... I can't really comment a lot about this one. I've only played two of the games. Quacks of Quedlinburg is solid. I don't think it's the bee's knees, but it's solid. I'd go Chronicles of Crime with this one, so... uh, Good one there, Mr. David Securel? Securel? I don't know. (laughs) Why does every designer have a name I can't pronounce? Best family game. Fireball Island, Gizmos, Reef, Space Base, and My Little Scythe. Is there a category on here that I've played every single game in it? Let me just check. Nope. Uh nope. Let's see, nope. 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 Uh yes, uh, best strategy game, I've played all of those. Uh nope. 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 Yeah, it's getting a bit hard at the moment. <laughs> so, yeah, well I've only not played my little scythe. I hear good things, I don't think this would win best family game. Space base, I down it. Gizmos is a bit too much for families, I think. It's, yeah, it's not difficult rules, but when you're generating all those combos, it's a lot for parents to get over, I can tell you that. Reef, though? Ooh, yeah, I mean, Reef is just solid. I can see it behind me. This is a one of the go-to gateway games for me. Yeah, I could see this one. However, I would probably give the vote to Fireball Island, because if you're talking families, you're talking young kids, they would get into Reef, but... Oh, God, they're going to get into Fireball Island, and parents can have a laugh with this one as well, so I'd give props to Fireball Island. Best expansion... Scythe, The Rise of Fembris, Terraforming Mars Prelude, Great Western Trail, Rails to the North, Nobody Gives the Monkeys, Roleplayer, Monsters and Minions, and Riverfolk expansion for Root. Really? I very much doubt that's going to win. Roleplayer, Monsters and Minions was a pretty solid expansion, I'll give it that, so that could work. I don't care about Great Western Trail, so I'm not interested in the expansion, I very much doubt it's going to make it any less boring. Uh, Terraforming Mars Prelude, as much as I'm not the biggest fan of Terraforming Mars, it has grown on me a bit more but usually that's if you cap it at free players and use Prelude. So I've got to admit, the expansion is pretty much essential to the game. I would probably still go with Scythe, Rise of Femris, though. You know, the campaign is fine, but those modules... Oh, once you've got those modules in a Scythe game, you never want to go back. They are great. I love the way that expansion just gave me so many more hours of playing that game. Uh, best cooperative game... I mean, not doing very well in cooperative games lately, I must admit. However, Chronicles of Crime and Detective, both solid co-ops. Uh, stuff Fables, not played, but here's solid. Just One was a party co-op game. I, I don't think I could see this winning the category. And The Mind. Oh, great stupid mind. Look, Yes, it's co-op. I don't care. It's a boring, stupid card game piece of garbage. Uh, Chronicles of Crime, though, and Detective. Yeah, one of those two. Personally, I love Detective more, but honestly, if either one of those two won it, I'll be happy. Just don't let The Mind win it. I would... I have to sit down in the corner and cry. I would, really would. Best board game production. That's oh, this be interesting. Fireball Island, Everdell, Rising Sun, The Grim Forest, and Brass Birmingham. Brass is an old game reprinted, guys, come on. So, I'm not even looking at that one, and to be fair, it's only good production value. I mean, it's got great art. Yeah, brilliant, brilliant art. But the cards are okay, the board is fine. You don't get cool minis, you just get tiles. The only reason that this could have good production value is because of those clay poker chips, which are a deluxe add-on. That's not in the retail version of the game, therefore, no. Rising Sun, though. Oh, yeah, that does have pretty good production value, although for the cost, I should expect so. Not played the Grim Forest. Does look pretty cool, though. Fireball Island, Curse of... No, I don't see this one being... Uh, It's all right, but it is fairly chintzy plastic in that. Now, I'm not going to go Fireball Island... Rise and Sun or Everdell, though. Ooh, Everdell does have some nice artwork. It's got all oh, those little, uh, little berry pieces, you've got nice resource tokens, you've got the big tree. It's pretty nice, but no, I'd have to go Rise and Sun on that one. Two more left. Best artwork. Right. Now, this is the weird thing. The best thing I can say about Brass is that it's got brilliant art. It's not even in the nominations. How does it get good production values and yet not artwork? That doesn't make any sense. I, I, I don't know. Especially when Root is in there. Okay, Root artwork is fine, but it's an acquired taste. Why would that be in there? Not Brass Birmingham. I have no idea. Oh, well, but you got Everdale, The Grim Forest, Rising Sun, and Cerebio, The Inside World. Oh my god, this is going to be a tricky one. I've not played The Grim Forest, but Everdale's art is very nice. It is very colourful and cutesy. Uh. Rising Sun's artwork it is pretty sweet, but I don't know if I would give this one an artwork award. But, oh, Cerebria, The Inside World. I might give it to Cerebria, actually. It's that or Everdell. One of those two has got to take this. But, yeah, Cerebria does look gorgeous. Yeah, I mean, and also, why isn't that in the best production values as well? Have you seen Cerebria? I'm sorry, but... Brass and Fireball Island and Cerebriot, oh, Christ's sake, like I say, not all the nominations are great here. And the Game of the Year one, though. This has got a lot of them in there, and there's a lot of good stuff in here, I'll give it that. However, there are two stragglers here. Root, Teotihuacan, Chronicles of Crime, Underwater Cities. get the impression that there weren't many good games last year. Uh, Brass Birmingham, Western Legends, Architects of the West Kingdom, Rising Sun, Everdell, and The Mind. Interesting that Architects of the West Kingdom gets into the game of Year category and not any of the others. Bit of a crime, really, because it's a really good game. But, yeah. Uh, I could almost see Root pipping this. I don't know for Sam, but personally, I don't see it. I am really worried, though, that Brass Birmingham is going to get this. And I will be livid if it does. I will be livid. This reprint getting... Uh, no, I just won't accept that. And, of course... I'd have to resign from gaming entirely if the mind, the mind that stupid little card game garbageness, Hellspawn on toast, wins this, I will be livid I don't see Everdale winning it I don't see Rising Sun or Architects of the West Kingdom winning it, not Western Legends probably not, I don't know this one's going to be a tough call but I mean maybe Chronicles of Crime that could be something that I think more masses would go after, maybe come, but I doubt it There's a lot of good ones in here, but I just can't... Just please not brass. (laughs) Please not brass. Oh, the mind. I will be crying. So, yeah, I mean, that is the dominations for the Dice Tower Awards. For the most part, pretty solid. However, I have to admit, a lot of these games repeat. Like, a lot. I didn't think 2018 was a particularly good year for games, and, well, it shows, considering that most of the games I said were all exactly the same. So, hmm... And certainly, there's definitely a bigger emphasis on strategy games, because the ones I read in the strategy games column, which were, let's go back down here... Root, Teotihuacan, Underwater Cities, Coimbra, and Brass. Right, well, ignoring Coinbr, I think they ran out of options there, all of those are in the game of the year. Yes, I do feel that we are a little bit Euro-skewed in this uh, thing, which is why the party games are kind of more random, and so is more the uh, co-ops and expansions. But, ah well. We shall see. And now secondly, on to the other discussion topic. The, yes, the idea of these apps in board games. I love them. I love apps in board games. This is it's something that we should embrace with the new technology. Because it allows us to go to different lengths, you know, sort out a lot of problems with certain board games. Add more theme, add more immersion, add more story, add more content. Because all you got to do is just do DLC content and boom, you've got extra stuff. It works so well. I love XCOM for it. I love Chronicles of Crime for it. I love Detective for it. I love Journeys in Middle Earth for it. I love Mansions of Madness 2.0 for it. Apps just work. Now... There are pros and cons to it, I admit. You know, although I would say the pros far outweigh the cons here, but it always sparks a massive debate every time this turns up on Facebook. Everybody is like, oh, no, 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 and it's the masses versus the other masses. It's just a massive debate that goes on. And it, it happened on my YouTube comments, it happened on the Facebook pages as well. There's always a heated battle between the two. So I'm just going to remember some key points that I took from those uh, discussions and give my thoughts. So first off, one argument I do here is, well, this game's going to be antiquated in about 5-10 years time or something because the technology would advance and they won't support it. Firstly... I'm pretty sure a publisher will support their game as long as they can. For them to turn around and say, nah, we're not supporting this game because we've had the new version of Android or the new type of mobile phone, that would be pretty douchey of them. And you know that they would lose a lot of customer satisfaction and a lot of customer loyalty from that. So do you really think they're going to do that? Also, when it comes to backwards compatibility, we are able to take a game called Asteroids from 40-plus years ago, and easily play it on a modern personal computer. If we can do that, I'm pretty sure we can get an app, a basic app. All right, not basic. These are pretty in- integrated apps. But we can get an app to work on a different technology, especially when these days it's pretty easy to make something, you know, backwards compatible. You know, we haven't had any problem with Androids. My iPad that I just used to read off those Dice Tower nominations is a nice... isn't? It's an iPad 2, I've had that for something like nearly 10 years, it's, or whatever, it's a ridiculously old iPad. It still works, it still browses my YouTube, fine, and Apple apps still work on it, so it's not really going to be a massive issue. And even then, they say like, ah, five, ten years time, this will be antiquated. I very much doubt five years, the technology is going to change so dramatically that the app won't be supported. And then on top of that, ten years? I'm pretty sure even I would have had my fill of the game in 10 years. For, the, for 60, 70 pound, if I've been playing a game for 10 years and then they don't support it anymore, I've probably got my 60, 70 quids worth. Seriously, I don't get this particular argument at all. Next up, well if I'm just playing an app, I really should just play a video game. Well, there are pro- there is some merit to that depending how much of the game is basically the app. You could argue that if they just designed it as a quick Steam indie game, you'd basically just be playing that. But, man, I mean, I can see the argument with that. You know, if that's your thing, fine. That's probably the best of the arguments I've heard. But, I would say, though, that there's quite a lot extra you'd have to put in those apps to make it into a full-fledged video game. It probably wouldn't sell as well, so you got to think on the commercial aspects. But also... There's something about the tactile feeling of board games. People still like rolling dice. I don't like rolling dice on a computer screen. It's like, not interesting. Whenever games put in dice, I hate it. Have you ever played one of the old Monopoly games on a PC before? You know, like Star Wars Monopoly and that. When it rolls the dice for you, how much do you have zero cares over that dice? You know, I want to pick up the season's dice and just juggle them in my hand constantly before I even roll them. Yeah, that's how good tactile feeling the games is. So with Journeys in Middle Earth, for example, I want those minis for my characters and the monsters. I want the tiles building the map. I want the, you know, I want the cards to use. In other games, I want the dice to throw. And yes, the app is there doing some of the work, but then the app could just add music. It can handle, you know, the bookkeeping aspect. And that's one of the biggest things. We'll get onto that later. So there's definitely, you know, some merit to saying, oh, well, I'd rather play a video game, but some of us play board games because we like the tactile nature of them. I mean, it's nice to have the cards in your hand, even with something as ridiculously good as the Sentinels in the Multiverse app. I love the app, but I still have my collection here. It's still really good. You know, and Scythe. Yeah, you can play Scythe on the app, but don't you want to see the collector's edition on the table looking all cool with all the plastic and wood and everything? I mean, come on. Which, there's no comparison. So, I get the argument here, but I don't... I don't personally subscribe to it. Next up, well, the value of the game has devalued because I don't want to spend 60-70 pounds on a big empty box. Now, well, at first I was kind of on your side with this one because, okay fine, you don't get a huge amount in the box, but let's consider this. Firstly, you still get a fair amount in the box. Maybe not so well, I mean XCOM and Journeys of Middle-Earth, for example, and Mansions of Madness. You get a lot of miniatures in those boxes. You get a lot of cards. You get a pretty nice board, or a lot of ton a ton of good map tiles. You get a decent amount of stuff in that box for your physical money. However, let's not forget that this app took time and money to develop. It's not like some you know high school student came up with it in five minutes during a recess. No, it took time, they had to test it, they had to develop it, they had to play test it with people, they had to constantly tune it, they had to develop it for multiple platforms like Steam, well well, in some cases Steam, but mainly like Android and Apple. And that stuff takes time, it is not easy, it is not cheap, and the fact that these apps have been done so well, like, you know, to avoid bugs, to add the immersion, to handle the bookkeeping so well, to be user friendly. I'm willing to pay the money for the game for the fact that the app is that good. And I don't feel like I'm getting shortchanged. There's a lot in that Journeys and Middle-Earth box. It's a huge box, so it's going to store expansions. It has a lot of content on that app. It has all those map tiles, a bunch of miniatures, a bunch of cards. I'm getting my money's worth in there. Yeah, granted, you could probably shave off 20 quid off the cost if you were to just buy it for the physical components. But I'm buying a solid app as well, and so many people just do not factor apps into the cost. They just think they should get the app for free. Well, they do get the app for free, technically. You don't have to pay extra on top of the game, but then the app is already factored into the cost of the game. So, you know, you've paid for the app as part of the game. You know, you already have. So, again, I don't subscribe to this one at all. You know, if, you, if you're only interested in associating a price tag to physical components, then fine, but honestly, I think... You need to give people a bit more respect for, you know, the time and effort that goes into apps. A friend of mine's developing an app for trying to navigate uh, to host games and that at conventions. Even that takes him a lot of time, effort, and that. And he probably won't come up with anything as nearly as flashy as something like a Journeys in Middle Earth app. So, if he decided to charge a couple of quid for it, I think he'd have the right to. And he'd probably not even make his money back on that, so... You know, give these app developers credit, the money is justified. Now, to go on to a pro for the game, I mentioned earlier about bookkeeping. This is one of the best things that the app does. You know, the the apps, oh my god. Would you want to play something like Mansions of Madness or Jerusalem or XCOM if the app didn't handle a lot of the bookkeeping for you? Now, granted, the video game apps like, say, Sentinels and the Multiverse are so good because they handle a lot of the bookkeeping and they are just a video game. But with the tactile element, I want to be able to have everything in front of me and feel it on the table, but then when I'm doing rolls for combat, I don't want to have to go, right, let's chuck a bunch of these dice and then do this, and then hang on, let me just check the armor check here. Okay, how much damage did you do? Right, let's roll for resistance. No, the app takes care of it for you. It just allows you to continue with the game and not get held up. That's always a good thing. I never have a problem with that. You know, but... You know, some people just prefer to play the video game. Fine, but you know, handling the bookkeeping of some of these games is brilliant. There are some games that I think should be reprinted with an app because I think it would be just so good. I mean, let me have a look. Let me just quickly take ten seconds to look behind me at my shelf. Hmm. Okay. Let's see anything there that would be good with an app. Arkham Horror, the third edition, that could, um, yeah, the Arkham Horror and Eldritch Horrors could be pretty good with an app, I mean, look at Mansions of Madness. Uh, Western Legends, maybe. Chronicles of Crime already has the app. Uh, Carson City, probably not. Pandemic, Spectre Ups with an app could be pretty sweet. Uh, Werewords already has an app, as a companion app. Roleplayer, hmm, maybe not as much. Takedo, not as much. Uh, Vegas Showdown, but I could just do with a reprint in general. <laughs> uh, yeah, okay, so not much on the shelf behind me as such, but there are a bunch of games that if they just added an app in, could be pretty sweet. I mean, could you imagine Twilight Imperium 4 with an app? Whoo! And Parts of the Void with an app. Ooh, nice. Xyre, Legends of the Just System with an app. There's a lot of these big games that have a lot of admin that an app would do nicely. And of course, another point, the theme and immersion. Yes, these apps, they add backing music, ambient sound effects. Every sound you hear in the XCOM app sounds exactly like the video game it's based on. It takes you into that universe. Hearing the Lord of the Rings-style like orchestral theme music in the background as I'm journeying through Middle-earth, it's great. And then you've got the sword-wielding that fights the sound of orcs. And the build up, the crescendo of the music as you start off with like little whimsical music as if you're going into the Hobbit land and then suddenly, and then it builds up to a combat scene, just like in the movies. Immersion is so good with apps, <laughs> it just adds to them. You know, that's why a lot of apps are using these story based or scenario thematic games, you know, because they just they just work so well at keeping you immersed. In that game, yes, you have to fiddle around with a tablet now and again, but it doesn't detract from the theme. If anything, it just adds to it. Trying to think of other bits now. One con that I have heard is that oh, I don't want to have to take... You know, I don't want to have to have the hassle of downloading an app and using it every time I play the game. Hello? Who doesn't own a smartphone? You know, I mean, if you don't own a tablet, fine. I have a tablet, I use it, I even mirror it to my TV in order to play the game. But I have a five inch, like five to six inch phone or whatever it is, the Samsung Galaxy S10. A lot of people have flagship phones these days. Those screens are big. They're perfectly big to handle games like this. You know, you should have no trouble finding the device that will work the app. Among somebody in the group, it doesn't even have to be you. It could just be, like, right, we've got the game, we've taken it to whatever game night, right, who's got the app? Fine, you download it, use your screen. Whatever. They don't drain the battery that fast. Everybody's got the facility to do it, so again, it's not a big hassle. And I suppose the only last con I'll go over is, well, you know, it's going to be expanding, it's going to be expensive DLC, because all you're doing is buying for the app. Well, how's that any different than buying DLC for a game on Steam? You know, you can pay a fair amount for an expansion. And to be honest, I don't think the cost of an extra campaign is that bad. I mean, you buy DLC on Steam games, you'll be lucky if that game lasts you four hours. You know, the Alien Isolation. Love that game. Oh, I sank so many hours into that game. But the DLC, what was that? Three or Four or five quid at the time? And it got you an extra, what, like two to three hours worth of gameplay? Four absolute max? It's not a lot. Whereas the base set campaign sets you back a good 15 to 20 hours. A good DLC campaign could set you back a good 10 to 15, I reckon. Or even 10 hours. 10 hours for a fiver? That's not bad. You spend a fiver this day at my local cinema in order to get a ticket and see a film for two and a bit hours. And that's at my local cinemas. And other cinemas don't charge £5 a ticket because not all the cinemas are onto this whole get bums in seats deal so that you could be paying £10 plus for your uh, cinema ticket. And you get a couple of hours out of it. Is that suddenly efficient? You know, what's wrong with £5 for some DLC content that gives you another 10 hours worth of campaign play? You know, I've got DLC for Mansions of Madness 2nd Edition, and granted that doesn't sink as much time into it, but again, it keeps the game fresh. They can easily pump it out, you know, and every time you get one it's like, it's a few quid, it's the cost of a pint, is it really killing you? You know, not as much as probably my two LCGs would kill me quicker in terms of the money sink, but, you know... If you enjoy the game that much, I don't see how a few quid for DLC is really going to bother you. If you don't enjoy the game enough, then fine, sell the game and don't play it. You don't have to buy the DLC, you are not forced to. It's not like the app will not work if you don't buy the DLC. So, let say, if money is a problem for you, then that's absolutely fine, but then you kind of know that before you go into these sort of games anyway. Oh, that's about it really two discussion topics there in full the Dice Tower Awards and my views on apps in board games like I say I think the awards this year are going to be pretty sweet as long as the mine doesn't take any of them away from me and I'm still not keen on the brass reprint being in there I'm sure many will disagree on that front particularly the brass fans obviously but you know and also apps in board games love them I've got no problem with them. I understand some of the criticisms, but I feel that many of the criticisms are just people not wanting to embrace the new technology or you know, they don't put any emphasis on the time it takes to make apps. It's kind of kind of weird. I'm surprised it has such a massive debate over it, but personally, I hope that more games come with apps. I hope that reprints happen where apps are integrated, cannot wait to see where technology takes us next in board games. So that's it for me. I'm going to rest up a bit more for today. I'll put this podcast episode and schedule. I'll I'll upload it over the weekend, but I'll schedule it on YouTube for maybe about Tuesday. Tuesday, Wednesday, the latest or something, you know, and we'll go from there. So, yep, I better rest up. Got to prepare for the next week of the audit tomorrow. And uh, today I do actually need to get some work done as well. This audit's going to kill me, but uh, needs must what happens when you're an accountant so take care hopefully you're having a much more enjoyable weekend and a much more easygoing week i'll see some of you at the uk games expo take care and remember as always it's only a game thank you all for listening to my content and i hope it was enjoyable for you if you want to catch me at other sources then there's plenty to choose from facebook twitter instagram and youtube you can find me at all of these places just search for the broken meeple on facebook and you will find me same for Instagram. On Twitter, you can catch me at The Broken Meeple. On YouTube, just search for The Broken Meeple and you will find my channel for the videos about top tens, reviews, solo walkthroughs, and all sorts of other things besides. Of course, you can subscribe to this podcast via the RSS feed on SoundCloud.com. This is where episodes will be posted in the future, as well as audio only feeds on YouTube. The Broken Meeple is a proud member of the Dice Tower Network. As always, remember my motto. It's only a game.